How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carlos scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to shove. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Okay, so despite our best intentions and our most earnest predictions, the Kings managed to defy us all and miss the playoffs. And we thought we were being nice when we were like, okay, so they're not going to win all of the games. Like, that's a little bit much. They'll drop one, maybe two, but probably just one. Uh, they lost to Kena the entire <laughs> Yeah, the entire For like the, the second time, because didn't they have like a bad Western Canada oh, yeah. road trip earlier this yeah. season? So not fun with Western Canada. Um, and then they won a meaningless game against the Sharks. Like dominated it a bit too. Yeah. <laughs> they won 4-1. They were out shooting them pretty much the whole time, except for maybe early in the first period. So let's just start with this. The Kings record at the end of the season, 82 games played, is 40 27 and 15 and they have 95 points and you're like dang they had 95 points and they didn't make the playoffs let me just rub a little salt in that wound because as rich hammond mentioned on twitter the kings finished with the exact same record as 2011-12 when they made it in as the eighth seed and they went on to win the stanley cup so really we're just yelling at everyone for being better <laughs> and making it so that 95 points is not enough to, yeah. to sneak in. We're not trying to win a president's trophy, a division title. Uh, we just want to get in the playoffs. And unfortunately, was not. Yeah. It's inflation. Right. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's because of like teams like the Predators and stuff, like having all of these points. So there weren't enough left for the Kings necessarily. Also, the Kings just had a really bad overtime and shootout record. I think Shang Peng from Jules from the Crown um, a few days ago, when they still sort of had a chance, posted a thing that basically was like, the Kings are the worst, this year's Kings are the most worst overtime and shootout team like in history. They just aren't winning enough. Of the Kings or the NHL? Uh, <laughs> let me double check. It might be the NHL because it was like less than like 0.300 like win percentage in overtime really shootouts. So let's, let's check it out right now. Hold on. Shang Peng's article says, there's a short post, says, not only do the Los Angeles Kings have the worst OT and shootout record in the NHL this year, they have the worst overtime and shootout winning percentage since 2005-06 when the league adopted the shootout. That's out of 300 possible teams. So um, great job, (laughs) except for horrible job (laughs) is what I mean. And it's because of that that they are out of the playoffs. Like that's the thing is we are now, as we sort of talked about, last week like they're in this position now where they people are going to spend the whole summer writing these articles about why the kings is the playoffs what went wrong all of this stuff their shootout record is why their overtime shootout record they three for 15 that's what it is that's what happened this is a shitty consolation prize <laughs> yeah. being the the best at being bad <laughs> yeah overtime shootout so um yeah that's obviously we we made so much fun of the Devils last year for, for this. Sure. And now we get to feel that 
horrible, horrible pain. Rough. And so it now, I don't know exactly the numbers for this, but I know leading up to the end of the season, people were talking about, like, they'd post some stats and stuff, basically saying that, like, the Kings are the strongest team um, when you look at, like, the underlying numbers, possession and whatnot, to miss the playoffs, possibly in um, recorded history as far as, like, tracking those things. Because, <laughs> of course, they haven't been tracked forever. But as far as the numbers that are available, probably the best team to miss the playoffs. And and they still had 95 points, only five points less than what they had last season. So that's the thing is, like, you can be like, this is sort of an unfortunate wasted year. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Just comparatively to the rest of what, like, a bunch of other NHL teams were super hot. Right, yeah. Unexpectedly, I suppose, hot uh, this year, and it kind of forced the Kings out. But the Kings weren't the only one. No. Because, um, as Chris Johnston said, seven teams that qualified for the playoffs last year also missed. And, like, the East is now finally done because the Penguins have won against the Buffalo Sabres and the Boston Bruins. So regardless of what happens in the Bruins games, they are now um, eliminated from the playoffs. And... So that's, I don't know, it's pretty weird to see those two teams out. But, like, both of those teams also, you know, that means they're right on the cusp. So, like, I guess that's a testimony to, you know, people talking about parity in the league. Like, the margin for error is so low and, or so small, I should say. And, unfortunately, it just didn't, it wasn't in the Kings' favor this year. And um, it's hard to point to, except for that overtime shootout record, any one thing. So there's going to be a lot of, like, nitpicking this person was bad at this time of year like right now people are like in this last stretch of games like goal scorers weren't scoring and so that's why the kings lost against like edmonton and calgary and whatnot the kings had 82 games to win yeah it doesn't really matter shitty goaltending in like during the winter time yeah uh i mean they were scoring or the 70s line was scoring a ton at the like in october Mm -hmm. and by october i mean september yeah Um, and october October. they were good through october um and it's yeah everyone was just bad at different times good at other times and it just wasn't enough to kind of take care of any sort of weaknesses they may have yeah so like as good as the shooters were it didn't make up for the poor goaltending that they were getting as great as the goaltending was they just couldn't like the goal scorers couldn't score any goals so yeah it's not any you can't point to like one thing Right, exactly. And so, because then, like, for, like, you know, you were kind of saying, like, for any bad sort of stretch that you have, you can easily point out another time where it was like, yeah, Jonathan Quick struggled maybe halfway through December in January, but in October, he carried the team. They were, like, 7-1. They had won six games in a row at home, and he had, like, a 950 save percentage, and everything was gravy. And then, you know, it was like, oh, but why aren't other players scoring who aren't right. the 70s line, who aren't Jonathan Quick? And then, like, Kopitar and Gabrick got really hot, and Gabrick had scored, what, like, 12 points or something <laughs> on the power play yeah. and what in, in such a short amount of time. And then it was like, now we're like, oh, those guys aren't really scoring, except for, you know, like, today, Gabrick got a goal, and Toffoli got another even-strength goal. And it was, like, his first one since fe- even strength goals since February so yeah you could nitpick those little things but the reality is they missed by a couple of points and possibly a couple of more a couple more regulation wins or even just um overtime wins so it's it's rough because you want to find I think as fans and even as media because it's their job to write narratives find a reason to like somebody to pin it on or like one aspect to pin it on but I don't think it truly exists necessarily other than that overtime record right right just to sort of talk about how everything turned out Kopitar even though Jeff Carter gave him such a run for his money this season Kopitar still 
King's points leader once again for yet another year with 64 points. Carter pretty close second with 62, but Kopitar still the reigning champion. Um, quick side note is I thought it was adorable that Kopitar's baby girl was apparently at the game against the Sharks. It was her first NHL game. That is the cutest thing I have ever heard. Just imagining her in giant earphones. I love it. Uh, that just encased her face because how old is this girl? Like a month? <laughs> yeah, at when, most. When, when was this baby? <laughs> it was real recent. <laughs> <laughs> this baby was just popped out of the womb and <laughs> is already at her papa's first NHL game. And they won, so that's yeah, delightful. That's nice. Um, that's a really cute. I will also say it is the second time this season that all parts of Thanksbud were together and the Kings won yes. again. So in a way, I guess, sorry for us not hanging out when they were playing Edmonton or Calgary. That's true. We really should have made a more concerted <laughs> yeah. to get all of us at Jay's bar. Sorry, guys. It's on us. <laughs> um, That's when they win. To Foley, I would like to point out third in points. And there's, of course, a gap pretty, you know, between him and um, Carter and Kopitar. But to Foley, 49 points, third most on the Kings, really strong season i think even with the like having trouble scoring goals at even strike it wasn't like he didn't have chances so um overall i think great almost full season he was out for what six games because of mono but he played the majority of the season and he did really well dude had the, 23 led, goals led the league in uh shorthanded short-handed points and shorthanded goals so, great job <laughs> not a bad like first full yeah season yeah without being moved back and forth. And um, he is in RFA. He did not, or at least before the game when he was asked about, for the Sharks game, I should say, he was asked about his contract and he was like, I haven't really paid that much attention to it because we've been trying to get into the playoffs. So TBD, I guess, for, he's going to get signed, but TBD yeah. for how much and for what the term long, is. Yeah. I assume it will be similar to Tanner Pearson's because they both kind of need bridge contracts until hopefully the cap goes up for the league. I'm sure that is what the Kings are hoping, and then they can pay them more money later if the Kings get back to winning, and it's it's very possible. The Kings are still a very good team. Um, so that's the state of that. A sort of big announcement after this game today, and that a defenseman, Robin Regeer, it turns out, yeah, Diane's granddad, actually <laughs> not going to stay with the Kings. But it's not because they're not going to resign him. It is because he is going to retire. He just wanted to go. Um, I guess... Uh, multiple sources have said that this has been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, even since when he was celebrating the winning the cup last year, uh, which is why it was so important for them to win last mm-hmm. year, is because that they had always marked this season as they had always marked this season as kind of being the end of his career. You yeah. Know, family, children, all that. Mm-hmm. He's played a long fifteen seasons. Fifteen seasons in the NHL, three teams. So it's cool that he's going to retire as a king, though. Yeah. I find that. Yeah, I think, I mean, like, I've complained a lot about Robin Rigger on the (laughs) ice, but I think something that I do like, because I'm also still a fan of narratives when they come together nicely, is the fact that he got to finally win a Stanley Cup. It wasn't his last season, but, you know, pretty close to the end of his career, he finally managed to get what he wanted. And it was with Daryl Sutter, who was a coach that he had worked with before. So in that way, I think it sort of ties up nicely. Like, it's unfortunate that they didn't go to the playoffs in what will be his last season, but I think... Overall, it's not like him coming to the Kings was a bad note in his career. Oh, God, not at all. <laughs> and ended like, up being like, one of the highest. nothing to sneeze at, Yeah, know, coming to a good team and then helping them win a Stanley Cup and also living in California. Yeah, it's not bad Can't at really all. Can't really complain about that one. Now he's going to go back to Canada and be like an oil tycoon or whatever it is he has. Whatever it <laughs> Whatever is. that article said. <laughs> 
<laughs> that random article, which I found so entertaining. Was, uh, what? So um, that's Robert Regeer. So he will ride off into the sunset in a Ferrari <laughs> back to his, his oil business. I'll miss your ear. <laughs> you um, big, balded, balding, big-eared granddad. <laughs> He's still, like, in his mid-30s. I know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, no Robin Regeer. So that is at least one player they will not have to worry about for next season as far as, like, where to find the money to possibly bring him back or choosing not to bring him back. Still huge question marks around Justin Williams, who, when he was asked about his contract, basically... It was said that he politely but very quickly <laughs> shut down that conversation. And I think it'll be interesting now to see what happens now that the Kings unexpectedly have much more time to do things like discuss contracts. <laughs> I love whenever anyone was talking about that earlier in the season, we're like, okay, well, he's putting this off until the end of the season. So obviously, like July, July, because <laughs> yeah. the Kings are going to make it pretty far and you want to give us some time. Now we've got way more time. No. Lots of free time. <laughs> so maybe we'll find out what's up with Justin Williams sooner rather than later. But right now, still unknown. Honestly, I, I mean, I've had a lot of feelings about things in the last couple of days as I've sort of let it all sink in. But the most like sadness I felt about the Kings was not even the season necessarily. It was about Justin Williams. I was like, I don't want this to be his last season with the Kings and have it, you know, be a repeat of what happened to him in Carolina, which was like, win the Stanley Cup, don't make it next season. Like this second time this happened to this dude, I, th- I still think he is clearly like not what he was necessarily, but I think he can still be very valuable to the Kings team in some like maybe he is just like a third line guy or whatever but it kind of just depends on money still like can the kings afford to keep justin williams how much of a discount is he willing to take if any and um i i want him to stay though i don't want this to be the last year that justin williams is an la king my hope for that is that he's willing to take a discount um i have to imagine that this is kind of dwindling down in terms of his years um playing hockey and i would hope that he would wouldn't mind retiring with the Kings. It would take a little discount because I don't want to underpay um, any of the other players the Kings still have left to sign. Um, I don't want to risk, you know, not having them anymore. So, um, yeah, I do hope that Justin Williams comes back because he still has a lot to give, a lot to teach, I think, especially with the Kings kind of mm-hmm. have, or like allowing some of their younger players to have more ice time and things like that. So he's definitely a good like veteran presence there. Uh, his possession numbers are great. Like, you know, he's still a very valuable part of the team. And uh, yeah, I hope he sticks around. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, it's hard not knowing. And so I felt like of all the the people, he was the one I sort of felt the saddest for because I was (laughs) like, I just don't know what's going to happen to you. Jared Stoll, not to like completely leave him out, but like he was asked as well because he's also a UFA. And he was like, I'll come back to this team in any way that I can, basically. I'll, I'll do whatever they want me to do. So... I so who knows what'll happen with that. I mean, if that's true, I guess Jared stole maybe as a fourth liner. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. If I if, I don't think it's necessary to keep Jared Stoll the way that I think that it's necessary to keep Justin Williams, especially because the Kings depth don't have very many scores. I don't know, it'll be interesting though. So but like so of all of them, I'm like, that's the one that I would keep and that's the one that sort of has the biggest question mark around him and hopefully he stays because I really like Justin Williams. Um, well, we've got plenty of time to do research and write articles because hockey is over. I'm just going to make a collage of Justin Williams' pictures, actually. <laughs> like everyone did in like middle school, just put it yeah. on your book cover. Basically. Or like a make like a pitch video for why he should stay in Los Angeles. That's what I'm gonna do Please for Justin. That. 
And personal manner. I'm sure that many people would love to see that. Uh, Something that was funny that happened today, unrelated to UFAs or anything like that, is Jordan Wheel was was recalled, sort of unexpectedly, and it was like, all right, dude's gonna make his NHL debut in this game that doesn't have any bearing really on what happens to the Kings because they're already out of the playoffs, but he could get in the NHL. And he, they had a uniform. He was wearing number 60. He's the first King to ever wear number 60. Went out for warmups? Yeah. Scratched. Didn't hear from that guy again. <laughs> the f- Oh, gosh. Every tweet that we saw, it's like, oh, well, Jordan Wheel is, you know... Out of this Monarchs game. Oh, that's awesome. Kings have a meaningless game on Saturday. Who cares what <laughs> happens? Score zero goals, score eight goals. It doesn't really matter. Not gonna... <laughs> does... Okay, can I reiterate? This game does not matter. <laughs> Call Jordan Wheel up. Cool. We think... Why else would you do that? To let him sit in the press box and yes. watch? Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Mm-hmm. Just have a taste of skating around on the ice for a little bit during Just, warm-ups. Like, let the people cheer for you a little yeah. bit, and then... Quick LA vacay before you else. go and play with the Monarchs to try to hopefully win the Calder Cup. Like, why Why was he here? <laughs> why was he here? Why would you do that? Did he just need, like, rest? I don't know. And then to go play the like the Calder in the Calder Cup and, like, hey, how do you feel about Los Angeles? Do you want to come hang out? And that's what happened. Like, I don't understand... Uh, why that would happen? I don't. At all. I have so many questions about that. The the because I feel like clearly they called him up with the intention of playing him. I think or did like did management have that intention? And Daryl Sutter was like, "I'm gonna do what I want." So I don't. What I'm need gonna him do to is play. put Mike Richardson. <laughs> Mike Richardson play though, did he? No. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted him to. Know. Yeah. No Mike Richards. No Nick Shore. I. Andy Andrioff played, though. Yes, and he scored a goal. That's true. An empty scored, netter, an but empty netter. it counted. Um, given to him, pretty much, by Tyler mm-hmm. Uh But, I, yeah, I would have loved to have, like, Andrioff in, Mike Richards in, Nick Shore in, Jordan <laughs> Wheel in. Just have fun with it. Uh, Brady McNabb was in, and he scored a yeah, great that's, goal. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's an true. amazing goal. Brain McNabb, who apparently two different people wanted to go to prom with him, so... Brain's making it big. <laughs> Competition over Brain McNabb. Welcome to LA. And his curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still have questions about Jordan Wheel. I am also curious about what will just happen with him going forward, because it seems like no matter what he does, he just cannot quite crack the Kings lineup. But that might change if, you know, the cap doesn't go up very much or whatever, and the Kings find themselves sort of crunched, along with a number of other top teams who are sort of pressed up against the cap. Maybe he will get a shot. I don't know. We will see. But it's been interesting because it's like now both of the times he was supposed to hopefully have a chance to play. It just didn't happen. And one time he was actually in the building, had actually taken the ice, but no Jordan Wheel, unfortunately. I need to know like the behind the scenes of that desperately as to why, how, all of it. It's kind of funny to think that maybe it was just Daryl Sutter's decision to be like, I'm just not going to play him. Especially because then later on in the game, there was a little bit of shenanigans about that New York Post article, which was mostly about like, was a little bit about the Kings, but was mostly about like the cab and just in general sort of trying to wrap up things about the season, but included, just thrown in there. <laughs> Let's just read the entire yeah, go for it. bit in, in <laughs> full. Slapshots has been told by two sources, two of them. Mm-hmm. 
that the Kings locked the door to their locker room following a defeat on the road within the last two weeks so that Sutter could not get in and deliver what the players apparently expected to be another in a series of lectures slash periods. As the tale was told, after Sutter finally tracked down an arena operative to unlock the door, he was greeted by three heavy waste receptacles lined up as a barricade uh, to what had become an empty room. First of all, heavy waste receptacles, just say trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's trying too that's hard. That's like the Fifty Shades of Grey, um, yeah. the New York like, version of writing. First, That's first of all. Second of all, why did it take him so long to find somebody to open the door? Third of all, why would they? These are like grown ass men. Why would they barricade? Like lock Daryl Sutter out and then barricade the door. 30, like, you know, mid to, or like 20s, 30 year old men mm-hmm. with families. Small, like yeah. children. But they're going to lock Daryl Sutter out. Don't, don't let him in. <laughs> I don't want to hear him yell. And then barricade it. Okay. Put, put a heavy waste receptacle in the, the door. The other thing is that, so after he opens the door and realizes there are heavy waste receptacles lined up, it, the last part, to what had become an empty room, where did they go? Did they find an escape hatch? Did they just magically disappear? Did, like, like Daryl Sutter was like, I'm going to find an arena operative, but there were no other, like, coaches who were outside of this door waiting to get it. Were the other coaches inside? Like, and so they were able to slip out the front. I don't... Does the New York Post <laughs> not know how many people are, like, milling about? Yeah, what was going on? Like, and nobody could tell Daryl Sutter, like, they just peaced out, dude. You don't even yeah. need to find anybody. What's up? <laughs> what was going on? This story is so ridiculous. Are there, like, so many exits to this locker room? I don't know. No, in my head, they crawled out the vents. They were like, <laughs> he's going for the keys. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> There's a trap door in the last shower. Go. <laughs> and also, like, even if they snuck out, like, where were they gonna go? To the ho- same hotel where he was staying at? Like, <laughs> to go get on the bus to get, like, bus somewhere? And he just walks in and he's like, the fuck were you guys? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm gonna yell at you on this bus. Or on the plane that we're all about to get on, because apparently they were on the road. So, this entire story is so stupid. It was written by Larry Brooks from the New York Post. And of course, like, when things, when teams start to lose or whatever, shenanigans come out about, like, tensions or whatever. But this, the Kings were asked about it, some of them, after the Sharks game, and they were like, that didn't happen. So... They say it doesn't happen. New York Post said it did. And it's like, now we understand. Like, maybe this is what happened to the Kings. They couldn't get it together at the end of the season because they were too busy barricading Daryl Sutter (laughs) out of the locker room. Somebody has been watching too much of The Walking Dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe the reason why those um, waste receptacles were too heavy was because the Kings hid inside them. And that was how they were just like, everybody be quiet until he leaves. What if it was, like, all a setup for, like, a prank and they just, like, jumped out uh, of like, the waste receptacles? Yeah. That's, like, what the sources didn't say. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was actually just a prank. They were like, look, we're out of the season, I guess, you know, so <laughs> let's have some fun. <laughs> um, but even still, Daryl Sutter still managed to be pretty funny um, when asked. Because, of course, remember, at the beginning of the season, there were these weird rumors about Daryl Sutter possibly just coaching the kings for one more year and then retiring back to the farm or something and i don't know like john stevens was going to become the coach or something i don't know but it was asked like are you coming back next season daryl Sutter with the classic quote said absolutely what am i invisible Nice, nice parting words from the coach there. (laughs) That's one thing that I will be looking forward to is the classic end of season Daryl Sutterisms to be ranked. Um, Very delighted about Mm -hmm. that. I am also curious because clearly his yellow power tie did not work this season. So 
does he switch it up? Will there be a new lucky tie to come about? I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope the Kings players just buy him a tie, like maybe a couple, to see what works. Yeah, see and which one they start to win. And like it's a, you know, power purple tie. <laughs> yeah, the first they start to put together a little bit of a winning streak in next season, that's going to be the tie. Power tie with the flamingos. They should find him a tie with trash cans on it, obviously. Yeah, they should. <laughs> yes, they absolutely should. So yeah, that's what I wonder as well for Daryl Sutter. I also think um, it'll be, that's the other thing I guess I think about is it's weird because they missed the playoffs and because I think we all know, and I hope that management and stuff knows that they're fundamentally a good team. It's not like we can go into this offseason and with the exception of like re-signing UFAs and stuff for money reasons, it's hard to imagine that like anybody's going to get fired or something like that. So it's sort of, I mean, I don't know. It's not like we're like going into the season, like I'm looking forward to see what changes the Kings make, because I don't think they'll make very many surprising ones, if any. It's just going to be a few signings, maybe a few people leaving, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think anything particularly world shaking um, unless they miraculously uh, win the draft lottery. Oh, yeah. And get some star um, drafty, but. Right. So here is a scenario that Diane and I were talking about earlier, because here's my thing is I don't think the Kings actually, this can sound shady. I don't think the Kings actually need Connor McDavid right now, necessarily. They don't necessarily need him. They're still a very good team. They'll still be a contender, you know, have the potential to contend next season. They, It's not like Buffalo, who's like, we got to rebuild our franchise and we need somebody to be like the face of that and help us take us in that direction. So imagine what would be amazing is if the Kings went like winning the draft lottery and getting to draft McDavid is not in itself necessarily the thing that would be amazing. Like it would be kind of funny, but everybody's already made that joke. So it would just be like, oh, it really happened. What would be amazing is the Kings drafting Connor McDavid and then making him the third line center. On his way. People. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully Justin way. Williams. <laughs> Maybe Justin Williams. Um, yeah. But the, the, Theory yeah. that you would get from people being like, what the hell are you doing? This is Connor McDavid. Yeah. And he's your third line center. He's your new Jarrett Stoll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be so beautiful. I want, that's what I want most. Uh, well, he compared himself to Tyler Bozak. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, so actually maybe third so line maybe center is where he belongs. where he wants to he, go. Maybe he just wanted to make it clear that he's willing to align himself on that level so that teams like the Kings, maybe you'll want you'll be interested in Connor McDavid. Please take him. He'll be your third line center. He just doesn't want to go to Buffalo. I mean, yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> it'd be cool to be the, the face of the franchise and play all those minutes. But I have to imagine that winning's pretty yeah, yeah. fun, too. I hear California's nice. I think it's pretty great. I mean, better than when Buffalo was having their like snowpocalypse. Oh, that's true. Mm, that's <laughs> unfortunate. So yeah, so come be the third line center. Be the new Jared Stoll, hopefully with less penalties for the Los Angeles Kings. Let's and make that happen. I don't actually think that they need him. No, but if you get first overall pick, you kind of have to yeah. choose McDavid. Like you could either you choose best available. Yeah, you could either troll people by choosing McDavid and then fitting like send him to the minors or, so, or something, but or you could pass on him and basically set fire to the NHL. (laughs) The thing I really think, I have said this to a few people, I really would like it if the Kings managed to somehow not get Connor McDavid necessarily, but Noah Hannafin, who is like 
you know, the defenseman that everybody really wants. And so I'm like, yeah, get another real good defenseman and have him play at the same time Drew Doughty is like in his prime. Great. And during that article that we mentioned last week, a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, yes. That he compared himself as, to Drew Doughty. Rad. So, hey, go play with a person that you kind of emulate or Mm -hmm. play like Mm -hmm. and that could be good for you but also for me and for the king's organization i would love that i would love that so much especially because like with money you know being a thing like he's 18 years old he's gonna sign an entry-level contract that's great affordable and great (laughs) let's go for it noah hannaford come to the kings here's your paltry allowance (laughs) yeah apply for the kings currently that's happening to martin jones your curfew is 11 (laughs) (laughs) please help us win another stanley cup thanks so i guess we sort of have a chance to look forward to the draft. Their pick is not actually that high right now, but they were smart enough to protect it when they traded for Andre Sequeiros, so they could potentially get something nice out of it. But I think this means now that they definitely don't have a first rounder for next season. So uh, definitely don't make the. Pl- I mean, don't miss the playoffs in 2016. <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah, don't don't do that. The true travesty, though, yeah. of this season, this game, Trevor Lewis. That's true. Did not score in the double digits. We hoped so hard. He's been riding nine goals for what feels like forever. <laughs> yeah. And could not even manage to score a goal in this game. We tried so hard. We got so far. And in, in the, the end, end, Trevor Lewis has nine goals. <sighs> well, I guess we can't really have it all. I guess I'll just put these streamers away for next year. Yeah, He did have a career high season with nine yeah. goals, so that is very nice, mm-hmm. but I am just deeply just offended that he did not let me have my predictions ring true and score double digits and goals. Andy Andrioff got a goal in the last game of the year, but Trevor Lewis, we almost had a situation during that game where like Trevor Lewis was kind of like hooked when he had basically a clear pass to the net, and it would have been amazing if Trevor Lewis had a penalty shot, and we could have had that 10th Trevor Lewis goal on a penalty shot against the Sharks. We could have had it all, but we don't, actually. We just have nine goals, which is pretty good for Trevor Lewis. That's pretty good for Trevor Lewis. Um, Also, he won again for how many years running now? A lot. A lot. Uh, the King's Unsung Hero Award. Yeah. Um, But we obviously sing his praises. All year, so... Jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> right. Except this time he is sharing it with Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. Which is awesome. But I'm also like, have the Kings not ever been on Twitter? Right. I don't know. Like, T- Tyler Toffoli is necessarily. Unsung. I guess clearly nobody's paying attention to us because we only talk about Trevor Lewis <laughs> and Tyler Toffoli. I think they're the most sung. <laughs> like, we sing about them all the time constantly, yeah. actually. Yeah. So, but apparently unsung in other realms. And I find it also interesting that Tyler Toffoli can, like, be third on the team in points and be an, an unsung, unsung hero. hero. So clearly, he's a best kept secret somehow, <laughs> still. I don't know. People have been talking that, about that 70s line all year, but Tyler Toffoli, unsung. Leading so. the league in shorthanded goals and points. <laughs> yeah. Unsung hero. Don't know what he's done. I mean, if they mean Can't that, like, quantified. he's great, but they're not talking about him enough, I agree. I think people should talk about Tyler Toffoli every day. But, you know, I don't know if that counts as unsung. Still, glad for you. Yeah, good job on the award. One thing I was surprised is I think, like, he also got voted, like, something about a community award or something like that, which I thought was kind of random because I just didn't know. But uh, good job, I guess. Maybe that's the unsung hero. That's true. Yeah. Doing all this uh, community service work and not telling anyone about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why we don't know where Tyler Toffoli lives because he's never really actually at home. He's too busy helping Los Angeles. 
become a better player. When you say he's out there helping Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is he in a cape? Does he have a mask on? Oh my god. How is he helping Los Angeles? Caped Crusader, Tyler Dooley. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to spend so many days trying to think about what his superhero name would be. Well, I'm glad that we've cracked that right here at the end of the season. <laughs> so, unfortunately, when he goes back to Canada for the summer, Los Angeles slightly less safer for a while. He'll be back. <laughs> he will come back. Patrolling um, the streets and skies again. Oh my god. I'm just like imagining him <laughs> perched on buildings. Oh, uh, okay. So, I think, um, were there any other King's things to talk about, really? I mean, because we don't subscribe to the, like, they fucked up in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to spend, like, an entire podcast bashing them. Let's celebrate that we had a pretty good season, unfortunately, that it wasn't enough. Um, but the Kings have all the pieces, obviously, yeah. to win. And it doesn't look like it's going to change terribly next season. So, you know, things are still looking bright. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with the Kings right now. Yeah, I... I don't have any real complaints about the way that they played on the ice this season. And even like that shootout thing is so luck driven that I can't really be mad at it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, hopefully they make it next year. Honestly, the thing, the only thing is like, I realized now that it's like, all right, I've got to go watch some hockey with no Kings in it is I just don't care enough about other teams. I like, I don't have a second team. We stood here trying to figure out what game to watch after we got home from watching the Kings. And we're just like, "Mm, (laughs) maybe whatever. I mean, like I also (laughs) recognize that that means we're like extremely privileged to have seen them win so much that it doesn't feel like soul crushing that they aren't in the playoffs and won't have a chance to win. But it's also like fundamentally what it is, is the Los Angeles Kings are my favorite hockey team. They're the team that I have the most fun watching. And so without them in the playoffs, I'm going to have a little less fun. (laughs) I just want to watch them play. That's the disappointing part. I mean, we will watch the playoffs, obviously. It's actually nice to not care. Yeah, because I'm just going to troll everybody. Uh, Yep. Lots of jokes, lots of sarcasm. Everyone Mm -hmm. get ready. Hold on to your butts. (laughs) Um, But who are you bandwagoning for? I am bandwagoning for Alex Ovechkin. Yes. So I don't even know if I'm bandwagoning for the Capitals so much as I'm bandwagoning for Alex Ovechkin. So I guess the Capitals, you know, by association. Yeah, I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I don't know if they can go all the way, but that is, I think, the team I would be the most excited for because I just want to see him win a Stanley Cup. I, I'm also excited to just to see what the Lightning do. And actually, I'd be pretty stoked if Steven Samkos um, got a Stanley Cup. I'd be into that but too. I think the one I want the most is for Ovi to get his. I think I'm not even uh, categorizing anything as like who would I want to see win the Cup is like who would I not mind. Yeah, that's true. You know, because like, I don't necessarily want anyone to like win. <laughs> right, I want the Kings to win the Stanley Cup somehow. But there, I think it's mostly because there's definitely people that I'm like, don't win the cup. Yeah. I don't want you to win the cup. I don't want Chicago to win the cup again. Uh, no. Calgary, please leave. Don't. I don't even look Yeah, at I don't, I am the opposite of people who are like, if we get beat or whatever, I just want to get beat by the team that goes on to win a cup because it means that they were just too good and we couldn't measure up. That's not true. No. The Kings were the strongest team in the league and Calgary is one of the weakest. They're not quite Buffalo, but they're not much better. So 
I don't want to see them win anything. They don't deserve it. I mean, I'm like Calgary Flames fans. I hope you have a lot of fun. I don't want to take that away from you. I'm just saying your team sucks. Um, I'm excited to see what the Predators do. I don't necessarily want them to win the Stanley Cup, but I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. Unfortunately, they pulled Chicago. Ooh. In the first round, so that's not... That'll be interesting, though, because I feel like them. the Predators have been a little difficult for Chicago this season. It won't, um, be, it won't be like a you know open and shut case by mm-hmm, any means, mm-hmm. but um, it's definitely a tough first round yeah. for your first time being in the playoffs. And, you know, I, for the first cool. round, I am rooting for the Predators <laughs> against Chicago. I don't know if they can do it either, but that would be awesome if they did. You know what I was just thinking about, which would be kind of a little bit fun? I mean, it's a couple years stale now, but I think you could still get some fun out of it. Is a, if somehow, by some miracle, I don't even know, I don't, it might not even be possible, but a Predators wild series just that for the narrative of the like Shea Weber versus Ryan Suter kind of thing. That would, well, I mean, Minnesota Wild also have a really good chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I guess I wouldn't mind. I'm very tentatively saying I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing them win the cup. I don't mind. I don't dislike them. I just don't find them particularly exciting. But I don't dislike the Wild at all. And I mean, like, the Devin Dubnik redemption st- story That's is fun. fun. Winnipeg being in the playoffs is great. I am really excited to watch them. But after seeing those few people who were like... Oh, no, they are trash. The anti... Like, pa- uh, Patrick Kane. The anti... <laughs> Evander... I don't really care about anti-Patrick Kane. Chance. <laughs> the anti-Evander Kane chance. Uh, I'm like, mm, mm, maybe chill. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you don't need to win everything, but... Just make it interesting for a while. I don't know who I think will come out of the West. I mean, I think Chicago is always the team to beat just because they have been so great in the postseason generally, um, especially the last couple of years. So, but but I think um, there's there's a lot of potential there. I'm still more excited for the East because I think that's just going to be like a wild mess. <laughs> um, but it'll be exciting. And I don't know. Who do you think? So, I don't know. Random guess. Who do you think will be in the Stanley Cup final? Ugh, I hate this question. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't care who wins. None of these people are my team. No. It would be interesting if the Rangers got back in there. Mm-hmm. Actually. I would love, actually, to see Lundqvist actually get to win a cup, now that I have no stock in who he beats. I think a Rangers-Ducks series would be... That would be kind of wild. Hilarious. That would be amazing, actually. <laughs> Especially if the Rangers win it. Because then you could, like, as a Kings fan, we have that, like, wretched satisfaction of being, like, you couldn't take California all the way. Like, <laughs> the Kings got this job done. That could be pretty fun. Oh, uh, yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> so I'm going to call a Rangers-Ducks series. Oh. Thrilling hockey. <laughs> okay. I hate you, Ryan Kessler. Let's, I'm, I mean, I feel like the Blackhawks are the easy answer, so I will not choose them solely based on yeah, that. Yeah, that was basically like, oh, that's the easy answer. Right. But. So my my non-Blackhawks choice, I guess, let's say, I'll say the Wild. So the right. Wild, I that. and I want it to be the capital so bad, <laughs> um, but the Wild, and I'm actually going to say Tampa, I think. Oh, yeah. That's that, nice. Yeah. That would be a weird series to watch, but whatever the worst series that could possibly happen if you just want to watch terrible hockey and like i don't i don't know two teams get ridiculously lucky and see who comes out on top is the flames versus the montreal canadians oh i thought you were gonna say like flame senators no i think the senators have actually been like pretty good like isn't mark stone the guy on the senators who's like had like a great rookie season or something i think the canadians are a little 
worse (laughs) (laughs) fundamentally flames yeah flames canadians that would be very red series yeah that's true um aggressively red series aggressively red series (laughs) very fiery series a series of fire and ice (laughs) (laughs) great job actually that would be the flames in like the what tampa bay yeah kind of like bluish Mm -hmm. kind of thing that would be your series of fire and ice okay now i'm done So that is our sort of predictions, our like half-assed, half-hearted predictions, kind of. A wild lightning series. (laughs) And a Ducks Rangers series. a Ducks Rangers series. Oh, man. We're clearly so excited about this (laughs) postseason. I actually, I think the Rangers can make it, too. They're kind of, they're better than the Flames and just as lucky. So that could be interesting. But, yeah. Yeah, but I, I want I want to see Alex Ovechkin raise the cup. So I would like for the Capitals to actually just upset the East a little bit. That'd be kind of nice. Yeah, get out of the first round. Get Barry Trotz his his you know first cup after spending all that time with Nashville. A Capitals Predators series could oh, be interesting for that reason. That would be fun. Yeah, couldn't get it done with Nashville. Mm. Come to the Capitals and go far. We'll mm-hmm. See. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I guess everybody, we're gonna wrap this up. You know where to find us. We'll probably record, I guess, a couple times during the summer, maybe after, like, the draft and free agency or something. Something. But we won't record every week. Um, but you will you will hear from us here and there. And we'll be on Twitter, of course. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, as always, we are at ThanksBud, T-H-X-B-U-D. Or individually, I am, at, I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at AKA Diane Fan. And we'll probably be posting... Uh our vacation photos right yeah <laughs> diane's going to comic-con this summer yeah. so you can look forward to that I for am example very, i'm very excited about the fact that i will not have spent a crap load of money mm-hmm. on tickets right before comic-con starts so i can buy super dumb things <laughs> at comic-con yeah and um if you want to email us chirp at thanksbud.com and uh there are no games so you can't buy any tickets <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, if you want to interact with us, you could still do that. <laughs> um, and let us know, I guess, who you, who you are interested in watching or cheering for or whatever during the playoffs. We will probably tweet maybe some from, like, the Things About account about the playoffs or whatever. Maybe we'll see. Maybe more from our individual accounts. I don't know yet. Yeah. But we'll be around. You know how to find us. As always, um, thanks for listening. Thank you very much. It's been an excellent season. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we didn't win. <laughs> it didn't end on the note that we wanted yeah. it to. Uh, where when we start a thing, we end with a cup. Yeah. But it's Can been keep a wonderful that season. Going. And we both really, really appreciate everyone being very open and welcoming. Yeah, absolutely. And willing to interact with us. Everyone's fantastic. Uh, it's been a blast. All right, guys. We appreciate you. We love you as Kings fans. We love the Kings. Don't panic between now and, like, the draft and free agency. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.